Is America doomed? Has God already delivered us from judgment to destruction? What hope, if any, do we have for our nation? The Bible teaches that God never pours out His wrath on a nation without first sending remedial judgments and prophetic voices to warn of God's impending judgment and to call the nation to repentance. One of those prophetic voices is with us today. He is Jonathan Kahn, the author of the best-selling book, The Harbinger. Stay tuned for an in-depth interview. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today. He is Jonathan Kahn, the author of the best-selling book, The Harbinger, and the author of the new book, The Mystery of the Shemitah. Welcome to our program, Jonathan. We're glad to have you. Great to be with you, Dave. And you know, you are in God's promised land here in Texas. Yeah, up until now I thought it was Israel, but well, now we, we, we got your straight theology okay. here, Texas. <laughs> Good to have you on, Rabbi hey, Kahn. Great to be here. Well, Jonathan is the spiritual leader of the Beth Israel Worship Center in Wayne, New Jersey. In one of the issues of our magazine here in 2013, we featured Jonathan here on the cover. And he was labeled as the prophetic voice God has anointed to warn our nation of impending judgment. And as always has been the case, anyone who historically speaks out in a prophetic manner, calling people for repentance, Jonathan has, of course, been severely attacked. In our program today, we're going to discuss his basic message and also ask him about some of the accusations that have been hurled against him. Well, Jonathan, uh, welcome to our program. You have written a best-selling book that probably everybody viewing this has at least heard about, Mm -hmm. if they haven't Mm -hmm. read, called The Harbinger. And now you have a new book out called The Mystery of the Shemitah. Is Mm -hmm. that the correct way to pronounce that? Yes, you did it perfectly. Uh, And uh, I think your writing has impacted a lot of people, but I tell you what has impacted me the most. Mm -hmm. And what has impacted me the most was the incredible speech that you presented at the uh, presidential inaugural prayer breakfast Mm -hmm. in January of 2013. Unfortunately, the president president was not there. Mm-hmm. I wish he had mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. it was a fantastic speech. And uh, and folks, I, I just want to uh, uh, point out that uh, this is a speech that you can get on the internet. Just type in Jonathan Kahn mm-hmm. presidential uh, inaugural uh, breakfast and you must watch this. It's, mm-hmm. it's all over YouTube mm-hmm. and yes. people can see it. So, um, in that speech you made this comment. The city on the hill, speaking of America, has grown dark. Its lamp has grown dim. Its glory is fading. For God is not mocked. No nation can war against the very source of its blessing and expect those blessings to remain. In just a moment, Mm -hmm. I want you to explain to us what in the world you meant by those comments. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy in our interview with Jonathan Kahn. Now, Jonathan, before we uh, started, Dave read a statement that you made mm-hmm. in the 2013 inaugural prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm. And he said, the city on the hill, you called this nation a city on the hill, and you proclaimed that we're no longer a beacon of light to the world and that our lamp has grown dim and our glory is fading. Can you explain those remarks that mm-hmm. you made at the prayer breakfast? Yeah, the city on the hill is the first real symbol ever given to America before the American flag, before the eagle. This was given by John Winthrop when he wrote a famous sermon right at the beginning of America uh, saying that we shall be as a city on a hill, quoting from 
Messiah, saying, mm-hmm. you shall be a city on the hill. And so America was dedicated back then to God by the Puritans. And saying, and he said, if we follow God, we'll be the most blessed people on earth. If we turn away, the judgments of God will come. And people forget the next part of what he said. Uh, so so we have, America, in many ways, it has been the beacon of the gospel to the world. Um, and God has blessed it because of that. Um, and, uh, you know, it has been blessed, as they said. And, and as Israel is blessed, any nation, you know, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. We are now rapidly turning from God. America is now uh, exporting the greatest exporter of pornography in the world. I mean, darkness. We are, it's accelerating. You know, America's apostasy is accelerating even in the last few days. You're watching what's happening here. We are opposing God's ways. We are uh, really holding this up to in his face. And so no nation can be blessed by God as it has been, turn away from God, defy his ways continuously, and have those blessings removed. God is patient. God, but but that will only happen up to a certain point. So we are watching, in a sense, the the city on the hill greatly darkening, where it's it's actually at war with its own foundation, at war with its light the, that that was the light of America, and we are standing in danger of judgment. At the beginning of the program, I mentioned that uh, the Bible seems to indicate that God never pours out His wrath without uh, putting remedial judgments and mm-hmm. raising. Uh, uh, prophetic voices to warn a nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly you're one of those prophetic voices today together with others that mm-hmm. I could name. Uh, but what about remedial judgments? Do you think God is placing remedial judgments? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, uh, you know, that is how the harbinger really began. Um, that, you know, one of the classic signs of warning that God gives in the Bible is that it happens more than once. It happens with the northern kingdom, happens with the southern kingdom. Years before the judgment or the full judgment, there is a breaching of the nation's hedge of protection. It's a strike that happens in the land. With ancient Israel, the northern kingdom, it happened in 732 B.C. when the, the Assyrian army was allowed to ravage the land. In the, in the southern kingdom, it happened with Babylon in 605 as, as Babylon came in before the Great Judgment. With, uh, with the northern kingdom, it was about 10 years between that first strike and then that final judgment. With the southern kingdom, it was about 19 years. So there's not a, not a formula, but there is a pattern. So with America, we have had, we have experienced it. The harbinger begins with that first strike that happens when America's hedge of protection is removed. When 9-11 comes, it's a shaking of America. It's a wake-up call to America. And I think most believers even felt that. What happens is people flocked to churches. It looked like there was going to be a revival, if you remember. People were flocking. To, everything was God for three weeks. <laughs> And then after that, yeah. it just it ended because there was no repentance. Without repentance, there could be no revival. And so we instead There's of going also better, a we surge worse. of patriotism. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, and in fact, my, we saw bumper stickers everywhere that said "God bless America, God bless America." <laughs> yeah. And my wife one day said. That's wrong. Yes. I said, what do you mean? He's already blessed America. We need a bumper sticker that says America blessed Abs- God. Absolutely. And she designed one and we printed it. Yes. I, I, abs- I, you, know, I, you know, I heard of that and I've said that. I didn't know it came from your wife. I mean, <laughs> tr- truly, truly, that's, exact, that's exactly it. And the thing is that what happens if you don't come back, what happened with Israel when they had their first warning strike with this attack, they turned away, they grew more defiant instead of repentant. And so what happened is, that what happened is the, these harbingers or these remedial judgments or these signs of a nation in danger of judgment start coming one after another. And what happened with America is that we've grown worse, far worse than before that. So that's what happened. When you reject God, that's what happens. So 
And the same harbingers, or there were identified nine harbingers of warning of judgment that happened to ancient Israel, are now reappearing in America. They are now on American soil. Some have involved American leaders, even the president. That's why I think the, the presidential inaugural had something to do with that, that he keeps calling me to Washington now for some reason. So I, I believe that, um, the, without any question, we are on a progression towards judgment. Now, even if you didn't know about the harbingers, it's clear. It's yeah. clear. But the fact is, they are reappearing. And they are, it's one after the other. It's happening in precision. Some have happened in New York City, where we are. Some have happened in Washington. And since the book, The Harbinger, came out, it has continued. They have not stopped. These, these manifestations of signs of warning have continued, just as America has accelerated in its apostasy. Yes. So we are, in, we are in danger, without any question. Do you see that judgments then for the nations, that Israel is the model for the world? Yes. So that... Any nation would fall under the same falling of judgments if people, if as a nation, reject God. Well, it can't. Yeah. Well, the thing is that God is consistent. Number one, God is God is the same God. He doesn't change. And number two, it, the Bible says what was written to Israel is for our, you know, is for us. So in other words, that's the one model we have for anything. He he dealt with Israel. Israel's the center of his purposes. But you know, when anytime you hear a, a message preached, it's generally something that happened from Israel that applies to all of our lives. So we see that, and it's not only Israel. God also judged other nations yes. back okay. then. But Israel is the, is the template, of course. You know? But it, uh, there are just so many parallels between us and Israel. And, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and you've pointed those out over and over. I have over the years, too, in some of the books I've written them, to point out that, that uh, they had great uh, spiritual leaders. I'm talking about Judah in particular. Yes. They had great spiritual leaders. Uh, they had uh, uh, prosperity. They had uh, safety. Uh, God blessed them in so many ways, and just as He has done us. Yes. But yes. it ultimately led to pride. And to rebellion, and that is exactly what's happening to us. And you know, Jonathan, there are people who I, I run across Christians who actually think God sits on the throne wrapped in an American flag, and they say, "Oh, God would never touch us. He no. would never touch us." What yeah. they say to Jeremiah, yeah. "God lives in our temple. He will never touch us." Yes. Let me tell you, if yes. He will destroy Jerusalem and His very temple, He will yes. destroy the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And people need to know that. Yeah, yeah. The, there, there is something special. I mean, there's two extremes. One is to say that that um, there's nothing, there's nothing special about America, and there's no like that's not true. <laughs> oh, that's not there true. There is. A, on the other hand, it's to say that America is Israel, or that God, you know, God is his. The main thing is patriotism. That's not it. The main thing is God. There's yes. only one God. I mean, even patriotism can become a God. That's right. So the point is that what God says that there's no nation, and exactly what you said. If Israel itself, which was built by God, and the temple, you know, the Lord said, Jeremiah, that you keep saying this temple, this temple, I'll destroy this temple. You know, I love <laughs> this. It's like, you know, he said to, he said to uh, Ezekiel, you know, your wife is going to die. And it, what God is saying is, is that this is how much this is hurting me, you know, but I, this has to happen, you know, to Israel. So the thing is that if, if that happened, we certainly cannot say we are exempt. We are in danger. In fact, it's the opposite, Dave. And that is that that too much is given, much is required. That's right. The more we have That's been right. blessed, the more we are accountable Absolutely. and the more severe. Let me read you a passage from the Old Testament and get your response to it. This, to me, is two of the saddest verses in the Old Testament. And the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by His messengers because He had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. But they continually mocked the messengers of God, despised His words, scoffed at His prophets, until the wrath of God arose against His people, until there was no remedy. Yes. Here He is sending and pleading. And when you reject the pleading, when you reject the warning, there's nothing left. And you know, and that is, I get the principle that when 9-11 happened, in rejecting any kind of coming back to God, 
we have so descended so much worse, yes. so much worse. And so, therefore, you know, the only you know, people say, well, if there's, if there's the harbingers are appearing, is there any hope? And I say it's the opposite. The fact that there are harbingers or there's warning, <laughs> there's hope. Because why would God waste his warning? <laughs> Up to the point he's warning, there's hope. You know? But mm-hmm. if you reject all the warnings, then there's no hope. Yes. Now, folks ask sometimes when they read your book, they, they say, well, that was about Israel because Israel was in a covenant relationship right. with God. When the founding Puritans and the founding mm-hmm. fathers of this country called it a city on a hill, right. were they proclaiming that this nation was also in a covenant relationship with God and therefore we fell under the same uh, blessings and curses as Israel? Or do you see mm-hmm. that they, we were supposed to be, mm-hmm. as a Christian example, that's mm-hmm. how we fell under the blessings and curses? Well, a few things. One is that you know, the Puritans mm-hmm. did believe, that they, well, they yeah, covenanted absolutely. with God. They, they made a covenant. Now, we can't say what God did on his side. As with yeah. Israel, we know in the Bible there's one nation that God says, I've made a covenant with. So that's, you know, but they did. You know, did God honor that? I believe he did. I mean, they oh, yeah. dedicated America, and they said this was going to happen, and he blessed America. You know, so the thing is that, so regard, it's almost like, that's all there. There was a real parallel with America and Israel. Not that one replaces, not that one is the Israel. But they even said, you know, they even saw America as, a, as after the pattern of Israel. They, they at one point considered Hebrew as the language. That's right. Did they really? You know, Thanksgiving yeah. is the Feast of Tabernacles. We're, we're actually, yeah. it's right now, yeah, no. the, yeah. the, the, it's the Feast of Tabernacles. It, totally, you cannot take that thing away. It's there. It's, in our, it's embedded in our DNA. Yeah. It's there. So, so the patterns, you know, regardless of the issue of covenant, that's not, that's not uh, foundational okay. to, to this. But the point, is that, the point is that they did dedicate, and there is this pattern, and God has blessed and God is consistent in his dealings, um, and he has blessed us as he blessed Israel. And, the, you know, the principles work. I mean, they're there. So, therefore, any, in a sense, any nation that has been blessed by God and turns away and defies God is subject to judgment. Any nation. The fact that we have so many parallels to Israel makes it even more. And the fact that John Winthrop literally said, you know, he said that, that the same judgments that came on Israel will come on us. Well, the harbinger is saying that there is a replaying. It's not, it's not that we're Israel, but there's a replaying. God is consistent. There's a template of judgment, of national judgment. And it's happening not generally. It's happening specifically. Yes. Well, one of the things that has uh, really uh, astounded me is the speed at which America has begun yes. to secularize and paganize. It's just on an exponential curve. Who would ever have believed uh, like 20 years ago that we would have a president who every June would issue a proclamation of the celebration of sexual perversion. Yeah. And yet President Obama has done that every June. And it says, and at the bottom, after he says we are to celebrate that, at the bottom it says, in the year of our Lord. In the year, uh, yes. I mean, I mean you, know, and, and, yeah. you know, I got so upset, I'd write him every year, and of course I didn't get any response except an IRS review. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I finally decided to try sarcasm. So the last time he did it, I wrote to him and I said, Sir, you're supposed to be a man who believes in, in uh, equality for all and so forth. Why are you discriminating in this proclamation? Why aren't you celebrating? You know, you're celebrating lesbianism, homosexuality, bisexual, and transgender. Why don't, why don't you add prostitutes? Uh, why don't you add uh, those who have sex with animals? Why don't you add those who uh, are adulterers and those who are fornicators? We might as well celebrate it all. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a response to that either. You didn't. Well, <laughs> well wait till next year. Maybe it'll come yeah. out. Well, do you believe then that the United States, if since we have removed God out of mm-hmm. our school systems, yes. out of our government, everything yes. that, and then if we follow the pattern of Israel, yes. 
Are we now here at Romans one twenty four, where it says, Therefore God delivered them over to the cravings of their heart, to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served something created, and so the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. And then it goes on to say how worse and worse and worse they get. Yeah. Well, the principle is already in effect. Well, already in effect. It, begi- okay. it begins with, you know, they're, they're turning away from God. They are not worshiping. They're going after the creation, so the Creator. Then it says he gives them over. Then comes sexual immorality. That's right. We are in. We are in that. Um, the, the the pattern of ancient Israel is they start. They as you said, they were blessed. Then they sought the blessings instead of the blesser. They started. Then then in that driving God out of their culture. We've done that. It's it's already been happening. The sixties, the seventies, driving him out. And then they start calling what is evil good and what is good evil. It goes right together. The more a nation calls what is evil good, it will call what is good, like believers and God, evil. Yeah. Um, and then it started promoting immoral- sexual immorality. We're in that. It, they also started lifting up their children as sacrifices, mm-hmm. you know, you know they, to, to Baal and Moloch. Well, well, people say, well, how can you compare that with America? Well, America has not lifted up thousands of children. It has lifted up millions of children uh, on the altar of, of convenience yes. and has killed them. I mean, over 50 million children. You know, God says, you, the, you're, the, you, you have blood on your hands. How can I hear you? So if that's not judgment, if that doesn't, that, that doesn't cry out for judgment, nothing does. We, are, we, have, we have blasphemed God. That's, that's right. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is this. Um, uh, people always ask me, do you think there's any hope for, for revival? Can we have revival? And I say, well, of course there's hope for it. In fact, there's even an example of it in, in the uh, history of Judah. Manasseh was the worst king the, yes. that they had, and they had a tremendous revival yes. right after that with Josiah. But the moment Josiah died, it had become so ingrained in the in the fabric of the nation that they immediately turned back to their paganism and God Yes. Care of the nation. yes, we have. We have. There's. A, there's different. Uh, there's different templates. I mean, you have. You have that which where the judgment was forestalled because of Josiah. Yeah. And then you, and, and a turning. You know. You have. You have Nineveh totally saved. You have others where you have Sodom. There was nothing. It just wasn't there. Yeah. When I, if I look at the culture, if I looked at my own understanding, I don't see any hope. How do you turn this around? Yeah. But what I. But with God, there's. You know, God is always. You know, greater than that. 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 What I do believe is going to happen. What I do, and, I, and from from this, all the template, and you following it, um, I do believe we're going to have a great shaking of this nation. I believe there's going to be gigantic shaking. I believe it will affect our e- economy. It will it will collapse. I believe there'll be a financial collapse. I believe it'll be more than that because the the pattern is that it escalates. Just as the apostasy escalates, you had 9-11. I believe that was just a foreshadow. And money's it's, our God, right? Yeah, well, that's part of it. You know, and yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, so the thing is that I believe that only, people say, well, if there's shaking, how is there hope? I believe it's the opposite. Only if there is a shaking to me, can there be hope? Yeah. The, most of us came to the Lord because of shaking. Same with, same <laughs> with, na- right. same yeah. with nations. I mean, same with nations. So I believe, you know, people say, well, it's going to be judgment or revival. I believe there can be both. I believe it can, can be judgment. And yet out of that, there will be people turning to the Lord, remnant. Those who turn, there can be revival. So that, to me, that is at this point is our only hope. I believe that's going to happen. And I believe that God's will is that through the shaking and through through this, that that there will be revival and salvation among those who turn. Yes. But it's going to take that. We've grown so deaf that we're so deaf that God has to shout now. Well, uh, one of the things that concerns me is the way in which Christians have been marginalized. Yes. I mean, uh, I had Carl Gallops on this program. I think you know Carl. And yes. we were talking about the fact that what he and I believe, the, the, the core of our Christian belief, 
was the core of Christianity just 25, 30 years ago. Now we're considered to be fanatics yes. on the on the margin yes. because we believe in the liter- literal meaning of the Bible and this sort of thing. It, it, this is this is yeah exactly what happened to Israel. That's what's happening here. You had the people who were in times past would have been the heroes, prophets, yes, yes, heroes. Yes. All of a sudden, they become the, the marginal people. They become those who are persecuted. When they, they lift up the, the, the prophets of Baal became the centerpiece of culture. They had been on the extreme. They had been on the fringe. They had been in the dark. Now they're lifted up. And the, the opposite is, then, then they will, the culture will seek to put believers in the dark. They started persecuting the prophets, persecuting Elijah. And, and, so, and so Ahab goes to Elijah and says, you troubler of Israel. And Elijah <laughs> refuses to be redefined by Ahab. And he says, no, no. You're the troubler of Israel. I'm following God. You've departed. And that's very important. Yeah. We can't let the culture redefine us. There you the go. point is that's exactly the case. To the exact degree that the nation or culture enshrines darkness, calls it light, they will call the light darkness. Every time darkness or immorality is accepted, righteousness is persecuted. And the thing that's so disturbing about all that is the number of Christian leaders who get right in bed with it because they want to, they want to uh, the approval of society. Yeah, or that's right, because, because now the cost is greater. Now yes. if you, someone says something, their neck is stuck out, you, nobody wants to do that, and then you get persecuted. But if nobody does that, then the thing, it's lost. You know, if nobody stands up. The thing is, there's a lot of also another level of pastors and leaders who just don't want to talk about it. They will say, okay, now we can't say anything anymore. And you see this. We're in trouble if we Same do Same thing happened in Hitler's Germany. Yes, exactly. And there was very few, very few who stood, yeah. and they were the radical ones. But, you know, when you look back in history, history or God's history judges them as the great ones. And we have to be great. Yeah. We cannot be afraid. This is not the time. When the dark gets darker, the lights have well, to One of the things I've been amazed at is how God has opened special doors for you to proclaim this message. For example, to the Congress. Tell about that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Start, he has, well, someone was watching me talk about the Harbinger and they said, you know what? We have to do something. We have to, we have to get some. And the, also the doors open to them to open up on Capitol Hill to have an event. Because it happened through because of the Harbinger that an event of proclaiming the gospel in the Capitol to members of Congress. And originally it was once a year in the cap in the Capitol building, and you had members of Congress there, and um, and you had Christian leaders and members of Congress. They asked me to speak. They had various speakers, um, and basically total. You know, it was like the, it was like the presidential inaugural in, in four minutes or ten minutes, um, and and the thing is that ha- that's been every year they haven't had that. They told me for over a hundred years. They used they used to have services in the capital. Oh yeah, you know. So the, and then this is just this is just last month. This now became a has become a weekly service now for members of Congress. Oh, so I was there. They asked me to open it up. But yeah, the Lord keeps calling me back to Washington. And I think the reason is. That, you know, in the Bible, when there's warnings and prophetic warnings, the Lord wants it to go to the throne. He yes. wants it to go to the, to the leaders. Well, in that regard, let's end this segment by you telling this remarkable story about George Washington. You yes. blew my mind with that. Chapter 19. <laughs> people need to read chapter 19. Yeah. The mystery ground, you called it. Yes. We've yeah. got about yeah. three minutes here. Okay, I, can, I think yeah. I can do it. Yeah, the harbinger has nine. If there's nine harbingers, then it leads up to this, these mysteries. The mystery ground is this. When judgment came to Israel... When it in 586 BC, it returned the destruction returned to the same ground where the nation was dedicated to God, which is the Temple Mount. This is where Solomon dedicated the future and all that, and this is where they prayed and and you know put the whole nation in God's hand. Well, when that was destroyed, God was saying, "You've broken the covenant. Return to, to where you have fallen." 
Now, here's the principle. The judgment returns to the ground of consecration. What about America? America began as a nation as we know it, not in 1776. That was independence. But it was formed in 1789, first time you had a president, the Constitution. You had the president over the government. It was George Washington's inauguration. He places his hand on the Bible and gives a prophetic warning in that first speech, which says basically, paraphrase, it's in the harbinger, but paraphrase is that if America ever turns away from God, the blessings will be removed. Then he and the entire first government go to a place to consecrate America to God. And so if if we can find out where that is, that's the consecration ground on the first day dedicated to God. Well, it was the nation's capital. The nation's capital was not Washington, D.C. The nation's capital was New York City. Here here comes. comes. It was was in lower Manhattan. Where was America's consecration ground? They dedicated America to God. America's consecration ground is ground zero. The judgment, the destruction returns to the same ground, the ancient mystery. And when it happens, a shockwave comes down from ground zero, strikes Federal Hall where Washington gave the warning of what would happen if we ever turned away from God, puts a crack in there. But all around ground zero, all the buildings are destroyed except one is spared, the little stone chapel where they dedicated America to God. And the reason why it was spared, they said, was because there was an object that shielded it from 9-11. The object was the harbinger, was the sixth harbinger, the sycamore. The harbinger saved the church. And the message, that, the, the message of the harbinger is not to condemn America to judgment, it's to wake it up. That God is saying, return, return, return. I mean, you know, we, our whole, all our eyes, the media was focused on our consecration ground. We didn't know it. God is saying, return to America and even to his people, to the church. And this is historically documented. You can go there, and yeah. people have gone from all over the world to go there, it's, it's, and you'll see all the places. Well, I stopped believing in coincidence many years ago. I believe only in co- God incidences. I, and I tell you, you that I was agree. a God incident. Total. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh boy, that, that is really, that is an amazing story. Yeah, yeah, and it's absolute. And God's fingerprints are all there. I mean, okay. and, that, and that's what, I wasn't looking for anything. When the well, you talk about happened. God's fingerprints. When we had the great uh, uh, collapse of the economy in 2008, yes. I picked up the newspaper. It was on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, if I remember right. <laughs> yes. And here was our, our stock market crash, and it said 700 177 points. And I thought, that's like God signed it. Yes, and and that was, <laughs> and the timing of that, I mean, this is, this is now, we're, now we're opening up, we won't do it, the mystery of the Shemitah, but the point is that the timing had to do with a biblical mystery of sevens that's in the Bible. It's so exact, it's so precise. God is in charge of everything. And that's one of the things where people say, well, what do I do? Well, I say, listen, be at peace. This is telling you, if you're in God's will, He has everything in His hands. So just make sure you're in God's will. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Jonathan Kahn, a Messianic rabbi from New Jersey who has been anointed to proclaim a message of warning to our nation. Jonathan, at the beginning of the program today I said we were going to spend a little time getting into controversies stirred up by your books and we didn't have time to do that. So could you come back next week and let's start? I'll talk come about back it. for controversy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Excellent. All right. Well, folks, that's our program for this week and I hope it's been a blessing to you and I hope you'll be back with us next week so we can talk to Rabbi Kahn. We'll continue our interview then. Until then, this is Nathan Jones speaking for myself and Dr. David Radin saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. For more detailed information about American prophecy, order a copy of Dr. Reagan's book, America the Beautiful, 
This book is now in its third edition and has been very popular because it responds directly to one of the most frequently asked questions in the field of Bible prophecy, namely, where is the United States in prophecy? Dr. Reagan, who was formerly a professor of international relations, outlines all the spiritual principles that govern God's relationship with the nations of the world and presents ancient Israel as the prophetic type of modern-day America, showing the close parallels between the two. This book can be yours for a gift of $15 or more, plus shipping. You can request a copy by calling the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or order through our website at lamblion.com. And when you place your request, we will include a copy of Dr. Reagan's Prophetic Manifesto, which describes in detail the deterioration of our society and the apostasy that is raging in the church. Both books can be yours for a donation of $15 or more, plus the cost of shipping. When you contact us, ask for special order number 645. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 